Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to our fourth and final preseason episode of Supercoach Edge ahead of round one. My name's Damon and I'm joined as always by my co-host Liam. Now we're only a couple of days out from the start of round one kicking off and I imagine a vast majority of Supercoaches out there, like us Liam, are in a complete frenzy trying <laughs> yeah. to finalise our teams. Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the Everybody procedure everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay Yes, that's right. Been burning the candle at both ends, uh, bringing some players in, which probably have no right being in my side, uh, dropping others who I think will end up back in my side and just trying out lots of different strategies and options. Some, some logical, some just, you know, a little bit left field. Uh, like to like to see what, what, what weird options I can come up with, but with our round one fast approaching, I think, uh, the, the options are becoming a little less left field and a little bit more serious, um, which is which is good to see. And I can tell him that you're uh, you're just as excited as me for round one, as I do. You shiver with anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough joking around. As a, as it's a uh, a quicker fire show today, where we'll be revealing our teams. Yes. Uh, the super coach edge patented crystal ball <gasps> makes a return, Liam. Yes. Uh, as we give our predictions as to who we think will be the top scorers across each line. And we'll be answering, of course, some questions from you, the good folk of the super coach edge community to help solve those big team dilemmas. Yes. And uh, just before we kick off, don't forget to follow us across all of our social channels to keep up with the latest news and content as it drops on YouTube, search Supercoach Edge and don't forget to like and su- su- subscribe. <laughs> on Twitter, uh, you can find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge. You'll find David at, at DemoJ88, myself at, Lee, at Liam Evans underscore 95. And on Facebook and Instagram, just search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. Now, just a quick reminder, with round one literally just around the corner, uh, don't forget to jump into a tier three of our Patreon that features the Cash League uh, and obviously a myriad of other benefits as well. But the winner of that Cash League will get some some cash, obviously, Uh, a shiny Supercoach ring from the legends at Supercoach Championship Rings, and they'll get a guest spot on our potty. So on the last last potty of the season as well, so obviously can't, can't do it any earlier. Uh, but if you're keen, sign up. It's your literally your last chance. Yep. So don't leave it too late. To find out more and to join our Patreon, head to www.patreon.com forward slash supercoachedge. Very nice. And uh, I did like how you composed yourself there, Liam, where you are. You almost slipped yourself up with the other supper, supper, subscribe, subscribe. Very, very good by you. But um, yes, jump into that, uh, into that. Uh, Patreon, uh, tier three, if you are keen for a cash lead, because yes, as you said, mm-hmm. time is running out. Time is of the essence. 
It is. So let's uh, let's get into it, and uh, let's get into uh, into the show with our first segment, as we exclusively, as Tom Brown would say, Liam, unveil our teams. So uh, I thought we could do it in a, a nice throwback fashion, uh, you know, to yesteryear. A very a very nice time where being able to uh, to check live scores on the internet wasn't really a thing in what? the early nineties. Yeah, I know this is a thing. Just with the internet, internet didn't not being exist. around. Yeah, strange, isn't it? Shows how old <laughs> I am, probably more so than yourself, Liam. And probably kudos to you for remembering this. But um, yeah, it was a time when you couldn't check live scores during the 90s. And on the broadcast, they prompted you to uh, look away if you didn't want to know the scores as they flashed it up on the broadcast. So this is a little uh, little snippet from that uh, I always love harping back to. If you don't wish to know the score, I suggest you look away now. Yes, what an absolute banger, Liam. Right on the tip of my tongue. They used to have a few others as well. They used to have uh, Madonna, My Baby's Got a Secret, um, a few other ones as well, which were, which were quite good as well. And uh, just reminds me of a, a simpler time when there was no internet and no social media. Uh, amazing. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to the teams. And uh, for defense, the structure is three primos, one mid-pricer, uh, and then I have uh, two rookies. This is on field, of course. Kicking it off at D1. It's a bit of a contentious one, but um, Jack Crisp, he comes Ooh. in at D1 for me. He actually took the spot of, uh, of, of the Seagull, Jake Lloyd, uh, very late uh, because I needed to, uh, to show up some, some funds, as, uh, as you'd appreciate as well, considering that you uh, ended up having a team yep. full value when you had zero dollars left. Mm. So um, I'm not, yep. not quite to that level yet, but um, got in Jack Crisp at D1. D2, I must say, he wasn't all along. I, I had uh, Ridley at D2, and I swapped him again for a little bit of... Um, just because I think I got seduced by uh, by shorts, uh, <laughs> considering that he is the preseason um, king, uh, he outperforms himself in the preseason. So hopefully he can carry this forth into the season proper. But he is Jaden Short at D two, D three. Probably no surprises here. Lockie Whitfield. I've said all along uh, in previous episodes that he is uh, right up there with the most, um, I guess, the one of the biggest value options uh, of the preseason in terms of uh, fallen primos. So. He comes in at D3, Lockie Whitfield. D4, uh, a bit of a contentious one again. Um, it might differ across different sides, but I'm starting to see him, this guy here, in a lot of different sides. And it is George Hewitt as a defense uh, defensive midfielder. Uh, comes in there at D4. D5, got Paddy McCartan. Um, he's been there all along. Uh, and then Sam DeConning, also another guy who's sort of been one of the um, pillars in terms of our rookies in defense there. Hopefully, uh, that that uh, that coach who shall not be named Liam doesn't stuff us over uh, and plays him for most of the year on the bench. I have Will Kelly at the moment. This is really hard, as we know, defensive rookies are, are really uh, really sparse. So Willie Kelly comes in. I'm actually expecting him to line up in defence for the Pies, um, especially since uh, what's his name Dean went down with injury. So I think yeah. Will Kelly will come in to the Pies lineup and will fill a void there for them. So he's on the bench, and then alongside him. I have Nathan O'Driscoll, who uh, was a bit of a bolter uh, before those preseason games, but uh, hopefully he can find a spot in the Frio team and get an opportunity. Moving on to the midfield, I have Jack McRae at uh, M1. Um, he's just instant selection, I think, alongside uh, the M2 spot, which is Jack Steele. And then I have uh, at uh, M3, used to be uh, Clayton Oliver, but uh, I actually upgraded him uh, by spending, forking out an extra 5 kgs on my... Uh, I'm very, very tight with my funds, but uh, was willing to actually spend a little bit more to get in the running man, as I like to call him, Took Miller. And then at M4, I have Lockie Neal. Uh, a lot of people will have him. It should be in every single side, I think. M5, uh, I've gone with with our man. I'm going to say collective man, Liam. Yeah. And it is Matty Rowell. Uh, Matty, the only way is up. Rowell. That's what I'm going to refer to him as. Uh, not, not the role of the, the roller coaster, yeah, is the only way is up for Matty, Matty Rowe. Uh, and then at M6, I have uh, Jared Berry. I think a lot of people will have, have him after his uh, sh good showing of form over the preseason. Yeah. And then probably no surprise there, uh, Horn Francis at M7. And then at M8, I have Nick Dacos. So both of those um, rookie dynamos. And then moving across to the bench, again, no surprises here. I've got Ward from Hawthorne. Uh, high-priced rookie, but uh, justified because he will get opportunity uh, and he's shown even the preseason that he actually can score um, pretty well. Uh, and then in terms of the other two guys on the bench, I wouldn't pay too much attention to this because these two guys uh, are just pretty much placeholders at the moment. I've had Elijah Hollands on my bench all preseason. And of course, uh, he's had a few niggles over the preseason, 
I think he came off a major injury last year uh, of sorts. And then alongside him, I have, um, I don't know how to pronounce it. I've, I've heard it's, it's pronounced Chittis, not uh, not Sitsas. But um, mm. whoever, however you pronounce it, he's on my bench at the moment, uh, bottom price. I think I will actually keep him uh, as a ongoing loophole because I am confident that he's going to get some games, even if he doesn't get named in round one. Yeah. Um, so Elijah Hollands may be swapped to, uh, I think, McDonald, who's 117K from the Hawks. But uh, wait and see there in terms of selection. So just uh, rounding out as well, going back in terms of the structure, I'll have four primos, two mid-prices or bolters, if you want to call them that, and two rookies. And then moving on to the rucks, uh, probably no surprise here. Uh, Set and forget combo with Gaundy taking the mantle for the third consecutive year running. Uh, As to who sits at R3 on the bench comes down to selection, I think. Even if it isn't selected in round one, I'm quietly confident that Sam Hayes will get some sort of opportunity for Port given their willingness to play two Ruckman at once in the past with Lysett and the support from Laddams when he was there. Of course, with Laddams now at the Swans, it opens up that spot for Hayes. Likewise, the fact that uh, Lysett suffered a niggle during the preseason, I think Port may want to give him support so he isn't uh, shouldering 100% of the Ruck, especially early days. And then uh, my other option, uh, if I don't go for Sam Hayes, is switching Jack Hayes or Hugh Dixon into the R3 spot, activating that swing between ruck and forward and using spare coin to bring in another rookie up forward. Uh, So that speaks for itself. Just two out-and-out primos right there. In terms of the forward line, uh, it's probably very cookie-cutter bar one player that may differ from some at F4 with a structure of two primos, two mid-prices or bolters, uh, or potential bolters, and two rookies. So uh, going through those, I've Dunkley and Butters, who I think should be in 100% of teams. That's pretty much all I'll say. Uh, Cogs comes in at that uh, F3 spot and selects himself as also one of the biggest value mid-pricer options of 2022. Everyone has him, which negates the risk, even if he finds himself more up forward for stages, thanks to the resident supercoach villain that is Leon Cameron. Uh, and then alongside him, I have uh, a spot that's that's been chopping and changing um, across the journey of the preseason in that F4 spot, uh, and that is McGovern, who is one breakout candidate I'm taking a punt on. You know, you obviously would have heard me speaking highly of him in last week's ep, and uh, this is one spot who, you know, it's kind of been the merry-go-round with Charlie Kerno being there uh, initially, then I swapped to Will Brody, uh, so they've both been in that spot at some stage or another. And just in terms of selecting McGovern, their contingency, which we spoke of last week as well, and the plan is that uh, if Gov doesn't fire, to trade him down to Brody if Brody starts well and bank nearly 32K. So hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't have to waste a trade, but um, we'll just wait and see there. So it's always a good thing to think ahead and have some contingencies. And then in terms of the rookies, I have uh, Rochelle uh, or Ross, um, as I like to call him. Uh, he's one of the biggest must-have rookies outside of Horn, Francis, and Dakes, and is an instant selection. So that last on-field spot alongside him at F6 will probably be rotated between Jack Hayes and the bench options of Nick Martin, which every time I hear his name, I think of Mick, Mick Martin from North Melbourne, the, uh, the, the old Chrome Dome. Um, and so, yeah, it'd be Nick Martin and Hugh Dixon. Uh, all decent cash cows, I think. Um, hopefully, Nick Martin gets an opportunity for your mob, Liam, um, and they can make some decent cash for us. So yeah, I guess that's probably where I sit currently by a change or two, depending on rookie selections for round one. And uh, what about you, Liam? How are you shaping up? Yes, uh, I'll run through my team uh, quickly. I just actually realized just looking at that, I don't have Rochelle in and I didn't realize that until just then. And that's oh, well, a, okay. that's a oversight on my part. So I will have wonder, to yeah. find, some, uh, <laughs> find some cash from my $0 in the bank and uh, get him in. <laughs> Well done, um, Liam. Well done. Anyway, I'll get back to that later. <laughs> Bloody hell. I told you I'd made some uh, weird choices. Uh, but anyway, yep. let's kick off with my side. In defense, um, and this is all subject to change. Um, I think the structures will remain the same. Um, yep. I think in general, the primos will remain the same. It's obviously just and most of the mid-prices. I think it's just the rookies that are going to be chopped and changed a little bit. But I have outlined which ones will be locks as far as I see but let's kick off in defense i've gone with the uh three primos the one mid pricer and the two on-field rookies uh the the primos are crisp ridley and short i think they're easy picks despite lloyd being in my side for most of the preseason uh, he did make way after his performance in the preseason matches not that it was i think it was underwhelming but it wasn't poor by any means um i think it'll still be a top six mid by season's end but i think um i'd rather use the cash at this stage on some other options um and i think at his higher price, 
um, I can use, I can downgrade him to someone like Crisp um, and then have some cash left over. And I might have downgraded Grade Crisp to someone else to get Rochelle in, but uh, we'll have to, uh, <laughs> have to see what happens there. Um, on, fellas. I did, I did forego Whitfield. And I have forgone him based off his injury history. I think he's going to break down at some stage. I think he is good value, but I'm happy not to have him, to be honest. I'm, I'm not too concerned about not having him, but he's potentially one. Maybe I downgraded Ridley and I can get Rochelle in um, or a short, um, but that's TBD, let's be honest. <laughs> um, I feel like I've made a really big mistake here, but anyway. I've made a huge mistake. I've made a huge mistake. Job, instead of always coming to me, asking me for money, saying, I've made a huge mistake, you can bail yourself out next time. I've never admitted to a mistake. <laughs> um, Hewitt and Sicily uh, would probably be in that same spot in M4. Sicily did sort of sit in that spot for most of the preseason, um, but I think Hewitt's performances through the preseason of um, – you know, just really stood out. And I think his lower price makes him a better option, in my opinion. Um, I think they'll probably score the same level or um, Hewitt slightly higher. Um, so I think the cheaper option makes more sense. Um, all of all the rookies, especially in defence, are subject to change. I don't know what's going to happen with the namings. Um, but currently I've got Hinge and McCartan on field and O'Driscoll and DeConning um, on the bench. Um, again, it's sort of that rookie roulette that, that always comes up. You never know who's going to score um, best at the start. So um, it's just going to be sort of taking a guess, I guess. Um, moving on to the mids, I've gone uh, three primos in McRae, Steele and Miller. I think they're all walk-up starters. Like you, I had um, I had Oliver, but I've moved him up to Miller. I think Miller might even end up being sort of the number one mid um, by season's end. Um, he just looks like an absolute ball magnet. And as you call him, he's the running man. Um, Neil, I haven't classified as a primo, but more so just because of his price. I think he's an underpriced primo, uh, but he's by all means going to stay in my side till, till the end of the season. Um, I think again, we'll finish top eight in his position. Um, another easy pick. I think he should be in every side. Rail and Barry, I've picked as mid prices, I guess. I think Barry should make some decent cash. Um, he's in contention to be changed with Caldwell, but I can't really see a change happening at this stage. They're sort of that same price. I think Barry's role has more upside. Um, and Rao, I think, could be a potential M8 or M9 keeper, um, depending on how his scoring goes. And I think he I think he can I think he can potentially keep be a keeper for the rest of the season. Jason Horn, Francis and Dacos again should be in every side. They've got scoring potential and job security, uh, perfect cash cows to have on field. And I think they both might get some handy DPP status as well come round six. And bench options, again, subject to being named, but I believe these guys all should be named uh, Ward from the Hawks, McDonald from the Hawks, and How How from uh, Hoff, maybe Hoff, yeah, yeah like Goff, yeah, yeah. From, uh, from the uh, Eagles. Um, Simpson just on that has sort of hinted at the fact that there's going to be a few debuts um, mm. coming up for them, so keep an eye on West Coast team sheet um, for rookies. Uh, now, moving quickly onto the rucks, um, simple options in Gondi we trust. Um, they've been locked in my side. Um, at this stage, I've also got a non-playing ruck as a loophole option in, uh, I'm not sure what his name is, Akui. Akui I, hope yeah. that's, I hope that's his name. Um, but uh, the reason I've gone with him at this stage, I mean, it might change again. Um, but it helps open up the links between forwards, defence and ruck with his DPP. So he's got defensive ruck options um and i've got sort of a lot of defense forward defenders and a few ruck forward forwards at this stage so like there'll be lots of ability to move them around as needed um and let's move on to the forwards finally um dunkley butters and cogs are simple easy picks um i think you should if you're not picking them it's at your own peril um only concern for me with cogs is yet again, Leon Cameron has mentioned he may be played as a deep forward as the need arises. Um, but I think he still presents such good value. And I think mm. it'll be negated by his midfield abilities. I don't know. I reckon Leon yeah. Cameron just hates fantasy football. He so just, hates us. yeah, just, just does this kind of stuff. But anyway, I, I think regardless, I wouldn't be scared off by that. I think at his price, he's going to make some coin at the very least. Uh, McGovern comes in as a mid-pricer, big call. 
Um, but I think he could end up being, I don't want to say he's like, he's the Jay-Z of 2022. I don't think he has the ceiling, but I think he could end up being a nice keeper for sort of that F6, F7 sort of spot um, or potentially D7, um, depending on, well, he's going to get the DPP status, you would assume. Um, in general, my advice is to pick McGovern over the likes of Brody or, or Sherry. Um, he's the most expensive and therefore easier to trade down to one of these guys as a corrective trade if need be. So that's why I haven't gone for a Brody or a Jerry in that position. Um, and then in the terms of rookies, again, work in progress. Um, Rochelle will be coming in somehow. Um, <laughs> but I've currently got Baldwin, Hayes uh, from the Saints, Nick Martin and Hugh Dixon. I think between those guys, there'll be obviously three of them will stay. Um but I think there'll be enough playing to yeah, pick, pick out of those guys um, for that last sort of on-field spot other than Rochelle. Very nice. And uh, just looking over our team, so there isn't too much different. And I think there are a lot of teams out there that um, will be thinking along the same lines as us with you know, McGovern as a potential option, you know, just trying to be frugal and, and save a bit of money so we can justify you know, spending upwards uh, to try and get those, those high-priced rookies like Horton Francis, Dacos, Ward, um, so we've had to be very smart and uh, and thrifty with our with our money. So yeah, I mean it's good that uh, hopefully it's a good sign for me anyway that you've also gone with Raul and Barry, um, Gov, um, and yeah, I'm just just glad that I've got one over you with uh, with Rochelle in my team and uh, you haven't got him. He's coming in, don't worry. He's coming in. <laughs> He's coming in. Um, but yeah, no, very nice. And I'm very interested as well to see how we go. Like if you stick with that same structure of not having Whitfield. That'd be um, interesting comparison early days to see how things mm. go. Um, it might be justified. Like I'm very much of the same mindset as well, that it's a big risk with Whitfield um, with his durability. But um, yeah, I mean, my only justification is that saving me coin and I need to save coin. <laughs> yeah. And that's what looking at that, that's the main thing I think I'm looking at now, the value there. Um, but it's also, I think the reason I haven't picked him is it's a long season and mm. he might bank some points early, but if he goes down in, you know, early on, um, it's a trade you have to make that I'm hopefully not having to make um, and might, you know, pay off across the season. Very nice. Well, uh, I think it's time, Liam, to dust off our Supercoach <gasps> Edge patented crystal Sorry. ball. Oh. Remember that? Yes. Gee whiz, it's back. It is back for another season. So let's cast our mind forward into the future and predict who we think will finish among the top spots in each line. So, Liam, I ask of you, do you see what I see? <laughs> All right, you can kick us off if you like, Liam. Yeah, let's kick off. I'll, I'll run through these pretty quickly. Um, I feel like most of them won't need much justification, but uh, no. there's a couple here that I've I've tried to just you know look deep into the ball and see mm-hmm. see what uh see Don't what look too deep. Don't look too out. deep. You get oh, lost. No, 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 it's what you got to do. You got to do. You got to go real. Got to have real <laughs> good connection between the crystal ball and your mind. Um, anyway, in defence. My top six, uh, I've got Jack Crisp, Jaden Short, uh, Jake Lloyd, Jordan Ridley, Tom Stewart as my D1 to 5. Um, this is in no particular order. I mean, these mm. are just sort of in general. But um, in the last spot, I've look, I've gone for a, a cheeky slash. That is um, cheeky. Very cheeky slash. But I think it comes down to the defensive status. Um, and these are some DPP changes. So... I've got Pendlebury slash McGrath. And I think that assuming that I think Pendlebury will 100% get the DPP status, but if McGrath can manage to get it, I think he, with his, with his ball winning ability and his time through the middle and going back into defense, he'll, he'll be a good option. Um, assuming he gets that DPP status for the, for the defensive. So it is a bit of a cheeky pick, yeah. um, but I think Pendlebury um, and McGrath, both good options for that defensive sort of, D6 as well. Very nice. Now, moving on to the mids. <laughs> I've got, again, most of these shouldn't surprise. I've got Miller, Steele, McRae, Oliver, Neil, and Mitchell. Um, and then I've got my boy Parrish. I reckon he's, he's in for a big season. Um, and another sneaky little option, I think, just, just go along quietly, hopefully, and sneak into that uh, M8 position is your boy, Maddie, our boy, our boy, Matty Rao. The, uh, the only way is up. Only way is up. 
And the only way is up for him to finish in that M8 position, hopefully. Yep, that's it. Like that. Uh, Ruck, no surprise. Gone Grundy. Let's move on. Um, forwards, I've got Dunks, Butters, Cogs. I think his good price, like, I think he's going to, I think he'll be the Jay Z of, uh, mm. of 2022. Uh, I've got Dusty Martin. I think he's, he's in for a big season, hopefully. Um, I've got Adam Trelaw. Um, yep. I think that's, that's fair. And then Timmy Taranto, I think he's going to be one of those seesawing players, but I think he'll end up averaging that over the season. Very nice. Now, just, just quickly comparing uh, notes, apart from the fact that you did a, did a sneaky on me and you, you added in a, a Pendles and a McGrath defense. I didn't know you. I didn't know we're factoring in the potential DPP options. Oh, but, well, um, I mean, it's what's, what's going to happen. You asked me what's happening at the end of the year. Oh, that's true. That's true. The crystal ball doesn't lie. It tells the truth, Liam. <laughs> As, as we know, <laughs> we are the truth tellers here at Civic H Edge, Liam. Yes. Uh, well, let's let's go through <laughs> my predictions. Let me just have a have a little bit of a look. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm seeing, I'm seeing in defence a uh, Jack Crisp. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a yeah. I'm seeing a Seagull Lloyd. I'm seeing a seeing a bit of a bit of a short man. Must be a reference to short from yep, Richmond. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Um, I've got uh, Whitfield um, oh. coming in. Which is a different. bit of a surprise for you. I mean, it's the one different. Uh, Ridley and I also have Stewart. So um, just comparing the pair, which may uh, make a comeback as well this year in 2022. Um, I think, yeah, the main differences are Whitfield. Uh, you've got Pendles and McGrath. And you've also got, I think that's yeah, it, that's isn't it. it. Yeah. That's it. Just, just those, I was going to say two players, but you've added <laughs> two there. So it's three. Those are the three main differences there. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. I think if Pendles gets the DPP, which we expect Mine must should. be. Did, sorry, Devin, did you do the update on the, um, you know, the required update for the uh, crystal ball to make sure you get DPP status changes in there? Come on. Oh no. I didn't should do I the firmware the- update. <laughs> oh, I'm an Come idiot. On. All right. I'll do I'll do it ahead of next week. Don't worry. <laughs> sorry. Apologies. Sorry. Jesus. Uh, at least it doesn't crash on me like the uh, the old firmware update. So um, <laughs> we'll see how we go. But um, moving into the midfield, pretty similar. Uh, I've got Miller, Steele, McRae, Oliver, Neil, Mitchell, Bont, and then Track, Petrarca. Um, so the two main differences there are our boy, Matty Rowell, and Parrish you have. I have Bont and Track. I yeah. think, yeah, it's it's sort of when you get towards the 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 back end of like M7, M8, I think you can interchange guys there in that yeah. spot. So, um, yeah, as we see over the course of the year, um, yeah, I think the top three guys, like you said as well, I, I can really see Miller stepping up. And I think McRae was the highest scoring mid last year. So I can really see Miller giving him a run for his money there and, and being a genuine M1 just because of his ability to just get the ball, run all day um, and just score points out of his out of his backside. Um, so I think that's sort of my prediction for the, uh, the M1, uh, moving on to the rucks, uh, again, no real surprise, Gaundy, uh, set and forget. And then in the forwards, I have Dunks, Butters, Ads, Trelaw, Duncan, Taranto and Canelio. So Duncan is the main difference between mine and yours. And you've got yep. uh, Dusty Martin. Um, actually I must admit, and it must be to do with that firmware update that I didn't put in, but, uh, I didn't actually see Martin at all in the crystal ball. So Hopefully that doesn't uh, foreshadow signs that he's getting injured oh, or no. he's just falling away. But I think now he's at the stage where, in his career anyway, he's he's hit hit the highest of heights. And I think this may be the time where he's starting to to taper down, like you know Richmond are as a team. So um, I think yeah, you know, there's a genuine chance there that he can finish in the, in the um the top six forwards. But um, I think Duncan, um, mind you, Duncan as well has had a, a calf issue over the preseason, so that may um, pop up again in season hopefully it doesn't for his his case um and that may actually see him come undone uh, so he's the main guy that i can see falling away from my my forward line and who knows you may be right liam dusty may find his way in yes but um let's let's move on liam to the um the predicted dpp changes there you've, you've actually foreshadowed it by naming pendles and mcgrath <laughs> um who else have we got there yep um so obviously pendles and mcgrath coming in potentially as a defensive mid option I've also got Dacos. So I think with what we've seen in the preseason games, I think he potentially goes back a little bit and gets to play in that half, sort of half back role. 
um, a little bit as well as playing through the middle. Um, Dane Zorko has also been training as a backman, um, another another option that might become defensive eligible. And Jordan Dawson, I just think, obviously, will get that mid status, um, especially early on with Laird uh, out with a with a hand injury. Um, so he'll just be getting sort of free reign through the middle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, next one is uh, for defence forward. We referenced him early on, and it is um, Gov McGovern. He should get that uh, defensive eligibility added on or tacked on to his uh, his forward line eligibility. So that'll be a nice little swing as well, especially if you've got the likes of uh, DeConning uh, and who's the other one? Oh, and uh, McCartan, Paddy McCartan in yeah. defence. So uh, that'll definitely help in terms of probably more so you know, obviously coverage across both lines between those three guys, but also when you're trading as well. So, um, you know, doing a bit of a switcheroo if you want to upgrade or downgrade to a rookie in the opposite spot. So, yeah, that'll uh, be super handy. Yes. And in the mid-forward options, uh, we've got Jason Horn francis I think there's no doubt that he'll end up getting some forward eligibility. Zach Butters is currently only listed as a forward, so he's going to get mid-eligibility to assume with what we've seen. Nat Fife. I know he said during the week that he uh, is going to play that the forward experiment is over. Um, I just, I can't see it. Don't believe it. I just can't see it. Um, To be honest, I think he might play more time in the mid, but I think he'll still play enough time in the forward line to, to get some forward eligibility. Um, Cam Rayner, again, forward eligible. Um, I think he'll get some midfield eligibility as well. And I mean, maybe Bontempelli. Mm. Maybe he plans enough time forward, plays enough forward that we uh we get to see him finally um listed as a forward as well. Yeah, so I like it. So a lot of people haven't really factored that in, and as we know, he has been spending time uh, up forward <clears throat> over the over the past few years, but uh, not enough to to warrant a, a forward eligibility. So yeah, who knows? He may be the uh, the one genuine out and out primo, existing primo that um yeah becomes forward eligible. That'll be uh, that'll be yeah. quite handy. Uh, but moving on to uh, another category, which we've thrown in there is a bit of a um, speculative one. And we have titled it, Liam, uh, thanks to yourself, very, very good uh, <laughs> creative mind here, the big ball selection. So you've got to have some big balls here, some big plums, yeah. Liam, to uh, to select these guys from the outset. Um, and you have said that uh, previously with, uh, who's the young bloke? Sorry, he's name escapes me for Frio. Heath Chapman. 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 So mm-hmm. he's, he's one guy who could fall into this category, but we spoke about him already. So there's a couple more guys here that uh, we've listed and um, kicking it off with uh, Justin McInerney. Uh, he's a, I'll, I'll leave the other guy to you, Liam, because uh, you know oh, more about you. him than me. Um, for obvious reasons, we'll find out shortly. But Justin McInerney, uh, defense midfield eligible, priced at 411K. And uh, yeah, we didn't, haven't really spoken about him uh, over the previous episodes. And uh, we probably should have because he scored quite well over the preseason. He scored 127 in his hit out against the Ruse uh, in uh, the week just gone. And he did this off the back of a solid performance also in the Swans' first preseason game. So, you know, with the likes of JPK and Parker a year older, I just think that, you know, this may be the year that he gets more opportunity to take, um, you know, mid- midfield reins from these guys. And especially JPK, I think he's um, he yeah, maybe the been... last year for him. Um, so yeah, I he, think he's it, definitely being phased out. Yeah, he may even well, he may be one guy who finds himself spending more time forward. Um, so mm, he might be one. But uh, yeah, Justin McInerney, I've seen a few people have him in their sides, and I actually don't like it. I, I don't. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> mind it. So there's a Freudian slip there because he's not in my team. But no, I don't mind it uh, because you know he could be one that could be a, a genuine out and out. Uh, you know, breakout contender, but yeah, at four, four eleven, it's an awkward price for me that I couldn't really justify. But for those of you who have the big balls, uh, or for for the ladies out there who have the, I suppose they can have big balls as well. Um, just yeah, not literally. Um, yeah, be uh, best of luck to those of you out there. I'll leave me yeah. quickly. I'm digging a hole. Yep, uh, I'm gonna kick off. I'm gonna just jump in there, save you, save you from continuing that hole digging. Um, and the other big. And I think this is where it really sparked from is I think I messaged you and said, mm. um, Archie Perkins, yes, take a look at his scoring. Priced at 272.7K, forward eligible. He's actually averaged 108 across both preseason games. Um, pretty, pretty strong scoring there. His role has been as a sort of high half forward with some stints through the middle. Um, and I really don't see that changing in season. Um, he's managed to hit the scoreboard, which was sort of an issue for him last year. He just kind of continued to pepper the goals. Uh, but I think it's a big decision 
be a big, big decision to bring him in, um, mm. especially based on his average of 50.1 from season 2020, uh, 2021, sorry. Um, but he could be a really great pot option. Um, but again, I think as Damon alluded to, you need some big balls to, uh, to, uh, to bring him in at that price. I mean, maybe he's a, option if mcgovern fails as well you, you could downgrade oh, to him true. i think off memory i can't remember exactly what mcgovern's priced at you would have to, uh, have to upgrade i think 16, yeah 16K. okay maybe bring in perkins and then you can downgrade to mcgovern <laughs> <laughs> oh i just have an each way each way bet across three players yeah pretty much oh that's that's good. it I like it. I like it, Liam. And and that wasn't just when I saw that message came through. I thought, here we go. He's he's the he's the uh, the man with the no, dons no. the dons cap on, not the uh, not the Carlton one, but the the man with the dons the don, I should say the the um the one eyed sunglasses on, the um, black sunglasses on. Yeah, but no, that, actually, you make a really good point because uh, a lot of people again have actually he, he slipped through the cracks, and a lot mm. of people haven't really spoken about him. And I, I do have doubts because it is his second season, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for That'd someone to make concern. it, what's that? Sorry. That'd be my big concern there. Oh is, yeah. Is sort of that second year blues could hit. Yeah. But from what we've seen so far, um, he's got no cobwebs in sight lamb. No and shrugging off, dust off, shrugging off Trelaw tackles. Yeah. Those powerful hips. Just Here we go. Shaking them off. Here we go. Alrighty. Alrighty. Cut the hair. I'm not, not proud of him for that. Cut the hair, <laughs> maybe if, maybe that gives him that source, source of power. <laughs> Might be, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's wait and see if the crystal yes. ball has served us well come the end of the season, especially for myself because I have to update my firmware. But mm. uh, now, Liam, can you hear that? It's almost a cry for help from the uh, the Supercoach community. <laughs> it's a it's a collective sound of people chanting as one. What are they chanting, Damon? I got to know. <laughs> hey, I got to know. You kick us off, Liam. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, uh, thanks. To, we put out a call out um, and we got some some very good responses. So first off from Mitch Mitchacos uh, at Mitchacos one on Twitter, uh, he asked what what row becomes at the cost of either Barry JHF or Ward at the minute. It's Ward, but any reason it could be one of the others. I like JHF because of the round six DPP, but not sure. Cheers. Um, so. Based off that, I guess you're basically asking, should you bring in Raul at the expense of a JHF or a ward? Um, more likely to be a ward. And I think it's hard to make a definitive decision without seeing, I guess, the rest of your side. Um, I'm a big fan of Raul, uh, as, as you probably know. It's uh, just only going one way and she's up. Exactly. Uh, so would be getting, I'd be getting him in. Um, but it does depend on the rest of your side. I think Raul will be a good stepping stone at the very least or a nice M8 or M9 keeper potentially. So would I do what I could to get get him in? Um, but Warden, it's just unfortunate because I guess Warden, Jason Horn, Francis both present as strong cash cows that that we're going to need um, come, you know, just to, to actually make any cash this season with, with rookies looking pretty – the rookie situation looks pretty dire, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, so it's a hard, it's a hard one. I think to say, make a definitive decision without, without seeing the whole side. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I would have said the exact same thing because it comes down to how strong your other rookies are. And if your other rookies are, are relatively strong, then yeah, you probably can forego, you know, a ward or a Horn Francis. Um, but yeah, I think for me, you've got to try and strike that balance between both. Um, I think you can probably hold off on getting rail. Um, but then you'd need money in the bank to upgrade to him. If he does actually, uh, smash it like we're predicting him to, um, but yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a um, bit of a hard one. Um, so flip of a coin uh, scenario there. But uh, we've both got Raul. We love him. He's on the way mm. up. Get on him if you can. Uh, moving on down. to <laughs> moving on to the uh, the next question, and it comes from Des on Twitter at desb eighty five, and he asks, "Am I nuts rolling with this ruck line in order to have additional primos elsewhere? Do you need to have either Gorn or Grundy?" And uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you'll be able to see this uh, this graphic. If you're listening to us on the podcast, another reason to uh, to jump across to YouTube and check it, check us out because it is quite easier to consume with the visuals. But uh, in his side, he's showing us a photo of Marshall, Rowan Marshall, and uh, Witter Witter from um, from Gold Coast, and uh, he's he's gone a little bit more frugal there in the rucks. So um, for me. I mean, Marshall and Wits, uh, I have said all along um, references in, in different episodes from previous years that, 
you know, there's living dangerously and then there's kind of this, which is a bit, a bit more elevated. Um, and there's a couple of reasons why this scares me, which is both Marshall and Wits are coming off injury interrupt years and most notably Wits, who's uh, coming off a serious ACL. So, you know, sure, he's cheap, but um, that comes with the durability risk and less guarantee of punching out high scores on a consistent basis or playing a full game and not being managed more so, you know, early on. And I think scoring-wise for Wits, he really does struggle to crack the ton quite consistently over the years and has a limited ceiling compared to the likes of, you know, the big dogs in Gorn, Grundy, and probably Darcy as well, he could put into that, that bracket. And the second reason is that, um, or the second reason that I, I don't really like the option of going for, for these two cheaper options is both players will need to be upgraded to a Gorn, Grundy, or Darcy at some stage. So by not starting with either of those three, you're conceding from the get-go that you'll be using multiple trades in order mm -hmm. to fund the upgrade. So, you know, sure, it's, you know, starting Wits and Marshall may allow you to start with a stronger team across other lines in your team. But, you know, playing devil's advocate, which, you know, we uh, we love to do, it's easy, <laughs> easy to say, but you've got to factor it in. Um, if Wits does sustain an eagle and has to sit out some time or, God forbid, hurts himself in some other way, where do you suddenly find 250k to trade him instantly up to a Gorn or Grundy? Um, or alternatively, at that price point, who do you trade him down to that you can be confident on? you know, producing semi-decent mm -hmm. scores to warrant a starting spot. So given both of these guys are in, um, Gorn's in 50% and Grundy's in 44%, you'll instantly fall behind at least half of the competition if this was to happen in this scenario, if Wits got injured or if Marshall got injured. Marshall's probably not as bad because he comes at a higher price point, but you've got to factor it in. You know, if that does happen, you're instantly behind the eight ball um, because of that. But yeah, something to factor in. I would, I would take the safer option. I traditionally like to go the um, set and forget in rucks because of that, that reason. But um, yeah, I mean, you're, you kind of come in, you must have big balls um, like we spoke of before. So <laughs> all the best here. Yeah. Yes. I have. I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Damon. Um, and the only thing I want to sort of add is that considering the net point is just sort of consider the net points differential by going with Marshall and Wits over a Gorn, Grundy or Darcy or whatever combination of those, uh, you're going to be giving up points. Yes, I guess you'll be able to upgrade with that cash somewhere else, um, but you need to consider whether you're gaining back the points um, or you're making more points, which mm -hmm. is what I assume you're hoping to do. So if you're sort of, you know, foregoing Gordon Grundy, but you're not going to get the points, are you making up with the cash you're saving? Are you making up those points elsewhere, essentially? I think it's probably hard to do. And that, as Damon sort of said, you're going to have to trade Gorn, Grundy or Darcy into your side anyway, or well, you know, to trade both of them into your side. Um, and I think overall the trades just cost you too much. Um, and that's sort of the biggest issue. Um, now moving on to the next question, it's from Jason Prentler Wern um, on Facebook. And he asks, I see there being unsettled rookies in the back lines. Some coaches are going five premiums deep in the back six. I know they are going also going light in the forwards to do it. Forwards seem to have a few more options to risk it in without upsetting the normal midfield structure. What are your thoughts on a five premium slash keeper defense to start? Thanks for your question, Jason. Uh, I think, to be honest, I think a five primo slash keeper defense is pretty deep and probably a bit too deep. I think it starts to affect other options across the field. So I don't, even if you went really sparingly across the forward line, I can't see, I just, I can't see how you'd be able to fit in a decent midfield as well. Um and I don't think it allows you the flexibility as the season goes on. So, for instance, players like Pendles, Dacos, McGrath, uh, Zorko, who may get that defensive eligibility, uh, will probably be off the tables as you're already full to the brim with, I mean, you're almost full to the brim with uh, with uh, defenders. Um, and I think that's the key issue for me. I think I'd probably be trying to back off and say maybe have three primos, one or two mid-prices who might end up being keepers and one or two sort of one, so mid-price that'll become a keeper uh, and then two on-field rookies. So sort of like the structures that both Damon and I have gone for. Mm. Yep. Nail on the head right there. Um, the fact that we've both gone for three, three, one, two in terms of our structure, um, I think says a lot. And yeah, I did, I did actually consider it myself going a bit deeper in defense because traditionally, you know, as we know, it's, it's kind of one of those spots in, uh, in terms of the lines across your team that defense is one of those things where you pay less attention to. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's much of a muchness, and I think, um, like you said, if you uh, if you overstack your defence, you're going to be deficient in other areas. So you got to try and find a balance. So I think a three-one-two 
is a um, is a good structure to go with and the reason that we've both gone for it. Uh, moving on to uh, the next question, which is sent in on Facebook from Mark Tannis. And he asks, is Rochelle going to let people down? Small forward for Adelaide seems mm. like a bad scoring position. Now, um, you know, Rochelle has been one of the best performing rookies across the preseason and looks like he has quickly made the step up to AFL level, which is quite promising. That combined with the fact that the Crows are still on the rebuild, you know, he's not going to be starved of opportunities. So that's a tick and a tick. But, you know, that's that's correct. Like you said, Mark, uh, the role of a small forward does bring with it wild fluctuations in scoring. And, you know, we can't expect him to score as well as he has in his first two games on a consistent basis. But, you know, he's not going to let us down in terms of his, you know, ability to make cash as a potential cash cow over the course of the season. And you're not getting in these rookies for a consistent high scoring base from week to week. It's, it's a relatively, you know, nice average that, you know, dictates that he's going to be making money for us. So if he does score you know, uh, relatively well for us on any given week, it's a bonus. You've got to look at it in terms of it being a bonus. Maybe um, maybe the reason Rochelle's not in my side is a sign. What's the sign? What do you, what's, what's the... Just that I don't need him. I think just oh, maybe, okay. maybe he's not a good option. No, nah, I think in. he's a good option. <laughs> I think he's a good option. I, I'm going to bring him in. Um, I think what we'll see from from Rochelle and I think Nathan, David's nailed that, nailed the, hit the nail on the head, sorry, um, here. Uh He's going to be, his score is going to fluctuate. We're not expecting him to score hundreds each week or, or, or anything like that. Um, he's going to be in a similar role to Roe from last year. And we all know that he was the Roe Lacosta mm-hmm. uh, with his scoring. Uh, so I think that's what you'll see. The scoring is going to fluctuate. Um, but I think regardless of the uncertainty um, or the scoring uncertainty, I think we're going to need him as a, as a decent option. Um, that's going to have that job security at the very least. Very nice. And we have a last question, Liam, uh, sent in Oof. from Samuel Pope Denton. And this is a hard one. This this really, um, yeah. it's almost crystal ball-esque. I think he, I think he knows that we're doing a compare the pair. Compare um, the pair. Coming back in season. But he's comparing the the quad almost, um, 2v2. So he's got Raul and Hewitt or Berry and Sicily. I'll, let, I'll leave this one to you first up, Liam. Yeah. To me, I want to say it's the first option. Of Raul and Hewitt, I think there's the points up for grabs there is higher with those two than with Barry and Sicily. Um, I think they'll be more consistently scoring highly. Um, but that being said, I do have Raul, Hewitt, and Barry in my side. Um, I don't think you'll go wrong. I don't think you'll go wrong with either. But personally, I'd be leaning more towards Raul and Hewitt. I think there's more upside um, with those two on a consistent basis. Yeah, I think Barry insists will probably have their, they'll have their days where they score well, but I think they'll also have their days where they sort of just score averagely. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, like yourself, I've got Raul, Hewitt and Berry in my side. So, um, mm. you know, that's that's my first option if, if you can do it, but obviously you can't yeah. because of your configuration with your team. Um, it's hard as well because I actually had Sicily in my side and switched him down to Hewitt to save on cash. So I think it probably comes down to how much cash you need so you know if you need to go for i don't know in terms of which will be the lesser combined price option of you know the 2v2 i would think that barry sicily would be because yeah. sicily to hewitt's not that big but i think there's about 100k between barry and Rao. yeah okay so i reckon just make the decision based upon how much money you need to to use elsewhere you know if if you're having to be frugal by getting Rao and hewitt um and, you know, it's going to cost you a, a, a higher priced rookie, you know, a, a, of the caliber of a Horn Francis, Dacos or a Ward or a Stevens, even um, pushing it that far. You know, I, I would probably, if it's going to, if it means you're going to have to sacrifice one of the, one of those guys, I would opt for the other option. Um, because for me, when I'm structuring my side, I don't want to be compromising my cash cow making ability either. So that's probably without seeing your full side, it's probably hard to say as to which option to go for. But like you said, Liam, I think in terms of point-making ability, I would probably back in Raul and Hewitt over Berry and Sicily. But yeah, it's so, so small in terms of the um, the margin between both of those because they all can score relatively um, similar in terms of uh, floor and, and ceiling. Yeah, so just did the quick maths. Um, Hewitt and Raul will set you back 700, roughly 741k. Um, and uh, Barry and Sicily will set you back about 716. So, yep. um, yeah, it's sort of hard. 
it's hard in that sense. I think for despite the sort of the higher price tag of the, the higher sort of the extra 25k um i think i'd be going for the hewitt yep. row i think looking at that has made me sort of a bit more sure because it's not that big a difference in price yep uh, i i agree there for sure and um with that liam that actually brings us to the uh, the end of our episode it's, it's a bit, bit more snappier compared to previous Oof. episodes um but if you have any other questions uh or you know dilemmas that you want to throw our way feel free to do so across facebook or twitter and uh just with that if you aren't following us and you'd like to do so uh you probably should and uh Ooh. just rolling through those handles so on youtube search Supercoach edge and uh don't forget to like and super 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 subscribe <laughs> Uh, on Twitter, we are found at, at supercoach underscore edge, or you can find myself at DamoJ88 or Liam at Liam Evans underscore 95. And on Facebook, Supercoach Edge and Instagram, likewise, Supercoach Edge. And just a final, final reminder um, about our Patreon and most importantly, Tier 3. We uh, obviously outlined the, the benefits at the top of the episode, but if you are keen to sign up and sweep the prize pool, now is your last chance. Don't leave it too late. The cutoff will be Tuesday, the 15th of March um, that night. And for those so that the night before the, the season begins, yeah. and for those in the league that miss out on the major prize, uh, you will be going into the running for an exclusive Supercoach Edge prize, uh, which will be announced soon. Uh, but to find out more and to join our Patreon, head to www.patreon.com forward slash Supercoach Edge. Yes. Well, uh, teams, they're going to be released tomorrow for the Wednesday oh, game. Exciting. Yes. And pure panic, which is not so exciting. No. That will, that will uh, start to kick in. <laughs> But at least this year, Liam, that uh, we can reverse trades in mm-hmm. round. So um, we can breathe a little bit easier. Relax. But um, no doubt still there's going to be panic. And I can feel the panic. So I think I'm not as in. panicked, I reckon, for, for tomorrow night because oh, it's, there's yeah. no rookies. There's no rookies. True. It's all just kind of your, your stick standard, you know, your Gorns, your McCrays, your Bonts, your Dunkleys. Uh, yeah, all the big boys. You know, you just know they're going to be named. So it's not too big a concern. Yeah. Um, Unless, you know, I don't know, super coach, super coach gods decide to smite us, but they never know. Oh, they better not. Better not. But um, with that, let's uh, wish everyone all the best because hmm. we are at the end of the episode. And um, I'll say all the best for the coming days, um, constructing lineups, all the panic and frivolity that goes into that. So, um, of course, I'm just going to impart some wisdom, Liam. May your primos primo, may your mid prices score like mad, and your cash cows moo. Yes, good luck for the round ahead. Um, And for the Supercoach season, I think it's going to be a good one. Yep, absolutely. We'll catch you next week.